How do I want to be remembered? What's that defining characteristic that I want people to remember about me? We've probably all asked that question at one point or another in our lives. There may be circumstances or situations that cause us to even reflect more on those questions. Unlike Ebenezer Scrooge, we don't have three spirits that come in the middle of a cold winter night and show us the past, the present, and the future, and how people see and how people remember us. We have to answer those questions in our own time, in our own place, in our situations. And upon reflection, we might find ourselves thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. I haven't achieved what I hope to yet. But in those questions, we discover who we want to become. How do I want to be remembered? And what are the defining characteristics that I want to cultivate in my life? This past month, I've been asking some questions from Adam Hamilton in his book, Discovering Joy and Simplicity Through Generosity. And this week, we focus on generosity. We hope one of the characteristics that we, that we cultivate is generosity. We hope that people see us as giving, as helping others. Generosity, though, it has many facets. We can be generous with our gifts. We can be generous with our time, with our service. We're called to be generous with our witness to one another. God created us with the willingness to give. To give to God and to give to others. Generosity is part of our makeup. We actually need to be generous. Yet there's two voices that war against us and that impulse to be generous. These two voices, they tempt us to keep what we have, to hoard what we have. The first voice is fear. Sometimes that voice inside our head says, if I give, there may not be enough left over for my own needs. There's that fear of what happens if we give too much. It might threaten our security and means that we, we hold back from being generous. This could lead us to hoarding what we have. In truth, though, hoarding, it offers us no security in life. The second voice is that voice of pleasure. Our culture, our culture tells us that we have to live in an abundance of our possessions and those pleasurable experiences. Our lives exist in self-gratification. So we find ourselves thinking, if I give too much, if I give too much stuff, then I won't have enough to be happy. These voices of fear and self-gratification, they make us question our security. We forget, though, that our security isn't in money, it's not in possessions. We can take a risk because of our life in Christ and knowing that we're in his hands. Security isn't in our money, our possessions. Our security is in God. The good news is that these voices, fear and self-gratification, they're defeated as we grow in Christ. 
And the good news is we're always growing in Christ. When we give our lives to Christ, when we invite him to be Lord and allow that Holy Spirit to begin changing us, we find that those fears begin to dissipate. The aim in our life shifts from seeking personal pleasure to pleasing God and to taking care of others. We still wrestle with those voices from time to time, but we're able to silence them and to grow in Christ. And the more we grow in Christ and realize that our life belongs to him, the more generous we become. Generosity is a fruit of our spiritual growth. When we open ourselves up to Christ, the Spirit, it, it helps us to think less about ourselves and more about others. We see the needs of others before our own, and we wonder what can be done. We find there's joy in doing things for other people rather than ourselves. Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, it's more blessed to give than to receive. The foundation of generosity is found when we realize that everything, everything belongs to God. We came into this world with nothing, and we're going to leave this world with nothing too. Life is a gift, and the giver of that gift is God. Anything we do, anything that we have, is a blessing from God. The psalmist sums it up with these words, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. We are the stewards of God's blessings. Leviticus offers these words, the land is God's and we are but aliens. We are but God's tenants. Think about that. We're a tenant. We're a steward of all the resources that God provides. And that includes the environment, but it also includes each other. And being stewards of God's blessings, we have to figure out what to do with everything that God gives us. God knows our need to survive, and he wants us to enjoy life. He doesn't want us to live in poverty or in hunger. Yet God wants us to do more than simply take care of ourselves. We're to give to others, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbor, to the stranger, all for the work of God. We're to give to God for the work of the church. And this question brings us, this brings us to the question that comes this time of the year in the church, how much does God want us to give? In the Old Testament, people were always giving. In scripture passages of worship, when you read the scriptures, you don't hear about great anthems. You don't hear about sermons. What we read about is people giving. The Old Testament, in those times, the people gave their first fruits. They gave one-tenth of their crops, of their livestock, of their income. They burned animals completely as a way of saying, God, I give this to you, and it's yours. Their gifts were given to the temple and to God. Abraham was the first to tithe, 
after, after battle where he was victorious, he came back and he gave 10% of what he had, had received in the war, one-tenth of everything he had won in war. When God spoke to Moses, he said, this is what I expect of my people. You will give to the poor and you will take care of yourself, but first, I come first. As New Testament believers, we're not bound to the law of Moses. We look at it as a guide, a guide for what God expects. The question is, what do we do with it today? Many believe the Old Testament is a strong guide in their life, and if you believe in that, you tithe. But we all know that tithing is also a challenge, especially when you have those voices of fear and self-gratification. Several pastors use this illustration of, of apples when it comes to how we tithe. Think of these apples as the blessing God gives us. We have to pay our mortgage, our rent. We have to put food on the table. There's transportation. There's insurance. There are, all those, are those things of pleasure in life. There's vacations. There's enjoying life. But that list keeps on of everything God wants us to do to take care of ourselves and our families. But amongst those gifts that God gives us, one of the apples is God's. This is meant to do God's work in the church. It's meant to be what we give for God's work. This apple here, it expresses our love. It expresses our devotion to God. But you know, every once in a while, something happens. My car broke. I don't have enough to pay it, so you know what? I'm just going to borrow a little bit from what I give to God this, this week. I'm just going to give a little bit. And you know, I really want that vacation, and I didn't save enough. But you know, God won't mind. And then you know, it's been cold, it's been hot, my electric bill is up. So you know, I'll just take a little bit more. God will understand. And then this thing comes up, and that thing comes up. And then there's Christmas coming, you know? We gotta remember Christmas. It's giving, right? It's gifts. And we keep taking away from what God has given us. This is what's left over. We give God the leftovers. That's for God. It makes us think, this apple story. I believe God does understand at time. We don't live out our intentions completely. Sometimes we can only give small to God, and sometimes, as we saw, we even take away from that. But that is where God's grace comes into our life. What's important 
is we realize that all we have, all these apples, they're all God's. And we have to examine what generosity means to us. All ten apples are God's. We give what we have not out of because of what someone tells us, not because of shame. We give what we give out of love for God. We give of the blessings he's bestowed upon us. Tithing is a challenge, and for some, it's impossible. Tithing is a decision that we each have to make at one point or another. For some, even within that tithing, there's all these questions. Do I tithe of my gross or my net income? Do I tithe before taxes, before retirement? Or do I give from all of it? These are decisions that you have to make as individuals. You can't, you can't go by what people are telling you. But I do believe that God understands when we have struggles God understands our various situations. We see that in the example of the woman who gave those few coins. But yet God said, Jesus said, she gave more than anyone, any of those who had abundance. She gave from her heart. The Lord understands her situation, and the Lord understands our situation. As I shared earlier in biblical times, the primary way that people worshipped was by building an offering, building an altar, and then offering their fruit, their meat, their grain. And then they would burn that animal as a way of expressing their gratitude and their devotion, their desire to honor God. The scent of the offering, they thought, was pleasing to God. It wasn't that God loved the smell of burnt animal or burnt grain. Rather, God said, God saw that what they were expressing was their faith, their love, their desire to please and honor. This is what moved God's heart. When given in the Spirit, offerings bless our Lord. But that generosity, it affects us too. And through generosity, our hearts are changed. When we're generous, when we're generous to God and our families and our friends, our neighbors, to all those in need, our hearts are filled with joy. When we give generously, we become more generous. And generosity, it changes us. Many Christians, they have it wrong today. They say, if you give to God, God will give you more back. That's not how it works. We don't give to God just so we can get something back in return. But amazingly, the thing is, is that when we give to God and to others, the blessings just seem to come back to us. And those aren't blessings of possession, they're not blessings of wealth. Of course, there's no guarantee if you give generos gen um, with generosity, there's no guarantee you won't lose your job. There's no guarantee that bad things won't happen to you. 
Nevertheless, we give with generosity. We give because of the unmistakable blessing of God that flows into our lives. Generosity is a blessing. Generosity, it changes the world and it changes us too. It changes us. Our generosity, a way of saying, God, I'm returning to you a portion of everything that I have, everything that I've earned, to say thank you, and especially to say I love you. We're saying to God, use this offering somehow in the world for your ministry. As we recognize generosity in ourselves and others, may we see ourselves as blessed. And in these blessings, may we find true joy and peace in generosity. Please join me as we offer a prayer. God, we thank you that you have given us life, that you sustain us by the power of your Holy Spirit, and that you gave Jesus Christ as an offering for us and for our sins. We thank you for the abundance that we have in our lives, and we pray that you would help us. Help us, God, to honor you with our offerings and our tithes. Help us to honor you with our service and our witness. Help us to care for the poor and for those who are in need. Help us to recognize that it's more blessed to give than to receive. We offer ourselves to you. Guide us in the days ahead as we prepare to fill out our commitment to you for this coming year. Help us, O oh Lord, as we do your will. Lead us, we pray. In your holy name, amen.